one of the things to always consider is, um, you know, is light. <laughs> you know, that's what photography is all about. And the main thing I think where people um, get into trouble with light is they think more light is better light. Welcome to the podcast. Conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland Incubator Experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. Early 2000s. Um, started going to a lot of kind of the independent Portland tech events that were happening and things like that. And, you know, I had a camera with me because I was a photographer and I started just taking some pictures for fun and transitioned that into doing photography uh, professionally part time. This time on the podcast, we're talking with Aaron Hockley, longtime Pi photographer and Pi mentor, who's sharing some of his tips on how to improve your photography. Bridge and things like that. And then, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I've photographed Pi uh, almost from the beginning. So a lot of my business has been um, photography for small businesses and startups. Um, and then the other big chunk of my business that has completely evaporated in the last uh, six weeks or so is I did a lot mm-hmm. of event photography for yeah. special events other than weddings. So conferences, trade shows, company meetings, all of that. And that uh, yep. that's not really a thing right now. One of the things I've always really appreciated about you, Aaron, is you have a very um, kind way of instructing people about how to do things. You're clearly skilled. You clearly work at a high level, but you're able to kind of make that accessible to other people, which is why I really wanted to have you on here, because I mm-hmm. think a lot of folks are struggling with this how, how do they behave now? They've either been forced into being more active on social, which might not be something that's comfortable for them, but they want to do something either personally mm-hmm. or for their business, or they're forced to being, you know, doing somewhat professional level work because they have an e-commerce site they need to stand up or they need right. new photography for a website or something along those lines. So maybe just give us some like quick one-on-one kind of tips for things to be thinking about um, and things that you recommend people consider before they start approaching their own photography. One of the things to always consider is, um, you know, is light, (laughs) you know, that's what photography is all about. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the main thing I think where people, um, get into trouble with light is they think more light is better light. And it's funny as we're having this conversation, the sun just poked yeah, out and I saw, I saw that, that. that I just got a hot spot show up on the side of my face because there's a window off to my face. Um, but um, they think that more light is better light or that bright light is better light. And the reality is, um, you know, you want a soft, consistent light, right? A photographer loves to do outdoor pictures on a cloudy day. Mm. I'd rather have that than I would a, a bright blue you know, clear sky with some harsh sun. And so as you look at making a picture of, you know, a product or something like that to, um, to put onto your social media or onto your store, you know, consider that, consider that, um, 
you know, you probably don't want a spotlight on the product. You probably want, a, you know, kind of a broad diffused light, right? So, mm. I mean, even if you're using something like, um, you know, maybe you've got like a shop light or something that you're using, or maybe you've got a table lamp, or maybe you've got, you know, uh, you know, some other, you know, a light in your office or something that you're using. Mm. Um, if you can find a way to kind of diffuse and flatten that light, whether that's to, you know, hang a, you know, white sheet in front of it, whether that's to, um, you know, use something to kind of broaden that light out and to flatten and soften it. Mm. Um, that's going to result in, you know, a more flattering picture. Um, especially if you're talking about kind of where you've been, you know, put in a position of needing to take pictures of a product to put it online. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to let you, um, you know, that's going to let you have a, uh, you know, a better thing. The other thing to consider with any sort of these pictures is figure out what's going to be in the background. <laughs> a yeah. lot of times people don't always think about that. And so they'll just set something on the, you know, set something on the desk or on the table mm. or, you know, on an end table and they'll start taking a picture of it. And what they won't realize is that, oh, if there's in the background, you know, there's a bookcase that has a really bright orange book spine that's going to jump out once you finish that picture or things like yep. that. Yep. Um, you know, so again, just consider what's going to be in the background um, because if you're just starting out doing this is not the time to start figuring out, you know, how can I do a background replacement in Photoshop? Um, right. That's going to be a, right. a frustrating venture to deal with. Um, let's see. You know, one of the other things I would say is um, especially like if you're talking about a smartphone camera, if you're talking about even a DSLR, mm -hmm. um, cameras now have gotten pretty good at taking pictures when there's not a lot of ambient light. And so I would resist the urge to use the flash. At the back of my iPhone, you can see the flash is right next to the camera lenses. Right. Um, you know, that flash is going to create a bunch of reflective highlights um, that aren't going to be real flattering for whatever that subject is. Um, you know, whether it's a product that you're trying to sell or whether it's, you know, one of your coworkers that's, you know, modeling the new trucker cap you're trying to sell in your store right. or something like that. So, right. um, you know, turn off the flash, look for kind of a broad light, look for soft light, pay attention to the background. Um, you know, I think those are probably some, some quick tips, I would say. Okay. Well, while we're on the topic of smartphones there's a there's a question about how can i take amazing pics with my smartphone but maybe you can also dive into are there certain settings or features on a typical smartphone that people don't even consider when they're trying to take photos one of the things to consider is um when you go into when you can go into your camera or your smartphone um, if you have the option of choosing multiple lenses mm -hmm. Um, you know, feel free to do that. Probably want to try and fill the frame, especially for the type of photography that we're talking yep. about here. If you're being put in the position of needing to put together an e-commerce store or put some stuff, content together for social media. Uh, one thing to consider is stabilization of the camera, you know, so you mm -hmm. get shaky hands or if you're in a really low light situation where the camera on the phone is going to try and do a longer exposure to let more light in. Um, any sort of shake on the phone or your camera is get, possibly going to result in a blurry picture. So, um, well, you might not have a tripod and a tripod mm -hmm. mount for your phone, um, you know, consider what you might be able to stabilize it on, right? So even if you are able to, you're going to take a picture of something on a table, if you can brace, you know, both of your arms on the table so that you're kind of creating your own tripod, that's going to be a little more mm -hmm. stable than just you holding it out there with one hand. Um, 
you know, if you've got something like that, um, the other thing to consider is, um, you know, take a look at the camera settings on your phone, right? So with, mm -hmm. um, you know, with an iPhone, and I imagine modern Android phones are the same way, right? You know, when you put the, the camera up, it's going to pick out what it thinks is the subject and what it should focus on, things like that. But you can tap on that screen to tell it what is the main subject and use this part of the image mm -hmm. to set the exposure. Um, once you've done that, you can then, you know, at least on the, uh, you know, the iPhone, you can slide your finger to, to lock that exposure and let you still move it around and get a consistent mm -hmm. exposure there. One of the things to consider, I, I already mentioned, you know, don't use the flash if you don't have to, yep. um, you know, and then if you, um, you know, the other thing is film is cheap, right? right. <laughs> film is free yeah. at this point. So <laughs> don't feel bad about the fact that you might end up taking several different shots and end up throwing seven of them away because that eighth mm -hmm. shot is the one that, um, that got you what you want. And I would say, look at it and experiment, right? I mean, if you take some pictures and you find that, oh, I've got a weird light coming in from the left side of my picture, figure out where mm -hmm. that light is coming from. Um, you know, do you need to go turn off the light on the other side of your room because it's causing a weird cast in your picture or something? You know, the good news, like I said, is that, you know, like with a modern iPhone or with a modern, you know, Android camera, the software does a lot of work for you. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and even if you were to compare every time that software gets updated, there's a lot more that's going on behind the scenes with, with artificial intelligence, with computational photography, that's doing a lot of that work for you. And so, mm. um, you know, in some ways you're going to benefit just by having a, you know, a modern smartphone, um, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen for you automatically. Without sounding too much like Seinfeld, what is the deal with HDR? What like I'm, I, I always feel obligated to like turn it on, but I don't ever see it really improving the quality of my photos. I mean, granted, the photographer is to blame, but still, I'm curious <laughs> about that setting. What is the deal with HDR? And it's kind of interesting. HDR has gone through an evolution. HDR, when it first came onto the scene, I don't know, probably close to 10 years ago now, um, HDR was known as the way that you got those kind of wild and crazy out of this world effects, right? Mm. You could take a picture and you would end up with, you know, crazy bright, vivid highlights that weren't blown out. And you saw all the detail in the shadows that wasn't blocked up into black. Mm -hmm. um, and you often created these images that were almost kind of surreal because they had more dynamic range to them than maybe even your eye was able to see. Yep. Um, and initially it's like, oh, these are awesome. And then at some point, you had a whole genre of photography that was like, oh, that's a crazy overprocessed HDR photo. And there was always uh -huh. kind of this swing and pushback. And yeah. what we're at now, if we talk about, you know, HDR in 2020, is your phone, your, um, your camera is going to be doing HDR, even if you don't think that it is. The last couple of generations of the iPhone, for example, they have something called Smart, smart HDR, and it's turned on mm -hmm. by default. Okay. And really what it is, is it's less about creating these, you know, surreal, weird images anymore. Um, and it's more about the camera using multiple exposures to get you a picture that better represents what your eye is going to see. Um, you know, one of the things that I started working on um, is that I've been writing a book all about artificial intelligence and photography. And there's a big chunk there where I'm talking about how so much of what happens now when you tap that shutter button on your iPhone or on your Android device, 
um, you know, very rarely is it capturing just one frame and that's your picture. Very mm. often what's happening is it's capturing, um, you know, a series of, you know, of images. Um, and in some cases it even starts capturing those before you tap that shutter button so that when you tap that shutter button, it has some mm. of those images ready to go. And so essentially your camera might create one resulting picture, but it's done that by doing an HDR behind the scenes. Just as we're, and we're getting close to running out of time. What, what can we as a community be doing to help you personally? Like how, how can we, how can we help? I mean, one of the things I would say, if if you or if people you know are interested in photography and kind of modern photography and the tech side of photography, go over to techphotoguy.com, check out what I've got there, uh, drop your email address right on the homepage and sign up. I send out an email, normally it's about once a week, um, around interesting new tech photo resources that are out there. Um, you know, the other thing, if you're interested in that book on AI and photography yeah. that I'm writing, you can leave your email address there as well. Um, okay. and actually I'll give you, if you go to ai.techphotoguy.com, mm -hmm. um, that'll take you a landing page directly for the book. It'll get you a free sample chapter that talks all about how I think AI is going to completely kill stock photography here soon. Speaking of mm -hmm. positive uplifting subjects in <laughs> the photography industry. Um, but I swear I wrote that chapter before all this went down. Um, and so, um, yeah, and, you know, I mean, I know a lot of you, I mean, at least from the names I see in the chat room, I, a lot of you follow me on Twitter as well. I'm A. Hockley there. That's probably, you know, I think my Twitter usage has increased in the last six weeks as all of this has mm -hmm. come down. I think a lot of us have and that it's, you know, either a place to stay sane or, you know, see what's going on for better or for worse out there in the world. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. And, you know, let me know if there's any way I can help you all while we're all stuck at home apart. And that's another episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network. And we'll catch you next time as we talk with Marcelino Alvarez of Fresh Consulting Portland.